We're shaking things up a bit this hour. Instead of the laugh track, we're playing edited highlights from the Are the Arts Essential debate recorded at the Auckland Arts Festival in cooperation with Auckland Live. Six debaters lined up on the 16th of March at the Civic Club to passionately argue that the arts are or are not essential. They discuss what role the arts play in our day-to-day lives, how we would fare without them, and the economic, social and emotional benefit to New Zealand of a flourishing creative sector. On the affirmative team, Amber Curran, Madeleine Chapman and Eli Matheson, while James Nukese, Alice Canton and Toby Manha were on the negative team. Tania Heke, head of Toi Whakari, New Zealand Drama School, was the MC. Tēnei katoi toko ki au koutou, tēnei te mihi ki au koutou, kua tai mai nei, ki te hapai tia te kaupapa o te pō, te tohi tohi, are the arts essential? Now, you know, I wear a couple of hats. One of my hats is the director of Toi Whakari, the New Zealand Drama School. And then I have another hat, which is almost as important to me, which is being a mummy and a nanny of four mokopuna. And then another hat actually is uh, I work with Toy Māori and we have a Māori Arts Interns Programme. And another hat that I'm lucky enough to wear, and it's the reason, actual reason that I'm here this evening, is that I'm an artist. And I'm really proud to stand up and tell you, well, I'm going to stand up and tell you, I am so proud to be an artist. Here's the thing, right? I've been in this, doing this sort of for about 20-something years. And I've always thought it's the biggest privilege to be able to do what I do. And the reason being is that I get to represent my people and our stories. And very recently, I was lucky enough to be involved in a project that um, started with Patricia Grace, and she wrote this fantastic book called Cousins. And then her daughter-in-law and the daughter-in-law's friend, Briar Grace Smith and Ainsley Gardner, they put together a beautiful film, also called Cousins, not surprisingly. Now, for those of you who have seen it, and I was lucky enough to be involved in that project, the thing that was the sort of the cherry on the top for me, because it certainly wasn't my costume, wasn't my costume, uh, and, it, and it wasn't what they did with my hair either, but what it was is that they let me take our film home back to my marae. And actually, a lot of my aunties and uncles and cousins and my two sisters were there. And uh, once the movie had finished, my little sister stood up and she said, I wish our mother was still alive to see Tan on screen. And my sister doesn't come home as often as she should. And I've always sort of wondered really what she does. And now I get it. I get that she tells our stories for us. And why it was so important for her and my aunties and my cousins was that we value their stories. And they got to see themselves in their, you know, some people would say their very ordinary lives being celebrated on screen. And that's what I get to do, like, for 20-something years. And... That's why, for me, the arts is such a huge privilege. But also, I have to say, it is not for the faint-hearted. The other thing with my other hat on is about also bringing through these young practitioners who also want to stand on the atamira with us. If you don't like hard work, if you're not a bit of a hustler, you're going to find this job hard, real hard. COVID did some really terrible things, we know this. But, you know, there's a little part of me that also just sort of said, for COVID, that was just one more thing in the long list of things that try and make my job more difficult, right? (laughs) Okay, good. Right, what we're going to do now is I'm going to introduce you, Amber. Now, Amber Kareen has done lots of different things in her life, but the only thing she's asked me to say today is that Te Pau Whera, babe. What's your official title? Um, uh, kia ora koutou katoa. Uh, my official title is Kaihotu Taha, taha Fano. I'm one of the leaders at Te Pau Theatre. Right. Right. And also you've got here, darling, Ngāpuhi and Hokianga. Aye. Aye. Um, no Hokianga Tokufano ko Ngāpuhi Tewi. 
Amber, are you ready? You're the team leader for the affirmative. Tēnā koutou. Um, ko Amber Kareen tō kuingawa, ko Ngāpuhi te iwi, no hukianga tōku whānau, engari e tipuaki au ki te mautere atahua o Waiheke, um, nā reira ko Peritahi te marae. Um, ai, ko au tētahi o ngā, ngā kaiwhakahaere o te whare o te pau, me te, um, te kamupini a te re, hea te ere company, ngā mihi nui, tēnā koutou katoa. Um, tēnā koe huki ki tēnei, well, to the people that, um, that, that you acknowledged before, to Auckland Arts Festival, thank you very much, Auntie, and, um, and I want to acknowledge you and the mahi that you do at Toi Whakari. Uh, I want to also acknowledge our unfortunate opposition team here, these amazing artists and art supporters who, I don't know how they're sitting there, but somehow they wandered up and wandered onto the wrong side of the room. And there they are. And I just really want to acknowledge them, of course, for holding this unfortunate task of disagreeing that the arts are essential. Um, I would like to to, um, also introduce you to the rest of our team here. Now, I have Madeline over here. I have Mad Chapman over here. Now, Mad, um, Mad is a writer and also a lover of hiding behind her words. So she's going to have great fun standing up here on this podium. <laughs> and I have Eli Matthewson as well, who is a comedian, writer, and the proud owner of a baby mullet. <laughs> yes, a work of art, to be sure. Okay, fine though. So now I'm going to get into it. Now, this is the first time I've done a debate. I went to Waikiki High School. There were not that many extracurricular activities. There was smoking down the back. That was about all I did. So I think that my job is right now to be the dry balls one at the beginning that talks about all the facts. So I'm going to do that, okay? Yeah. Yes. Okay, car play. Dry balls facts. Here we go. So look, I could talk at length about the dry balls facts. I could say that, you know, we're going to, um, we, I can talk about why the arts are essential. I could say a lot of numbers. You know, I could say that uh, the arts contribute $17.5 billion towards the, uh, the nation's GDP. I could say that uh, 64% of, of New Zealanders that were surveyed said that they completely agree that the arts is a major part of our economy. I could say, I could talk about the 130,000 jobs that we have within the arts and the six percent of our workforce that are take part in those jobs, which is not insignificant. I could talk about the 1,500 CEOs throughout the world who said that creativity is the most important leadership quality for organisations, non-arts organisations, the boring ones. They think creativity is the most important leadership quality. So I could mm. talk about all those things at length. I mean, I could tell you how the arts has a positive correlation to all sorts of indicators, you know, like all sorts of positive increases around health, wellness. Um, I could talk about the uh, education outcomes. I could talk about the decreases in criminal activity. I could talk about the, de- the, the decreases in, um, in cognitive uh, disorders. I could talk about how much it makes our unlivable, ugly cities a lot more nice to live in. I could talk about... <laughs> How, how it improves our democracy. But they're boring facts, and we all know that, right? We all know it. So I'm not going to talk about them at length. Instead, I want to break down the terms. I think that's what you do in debating, yeah? You break down the terms. Because I actually really needed to, because the first thing I do when I try to understand something, I look at it within the context of Thao Māori and Te Reo Māori. And so for me, the question of are the arts essential doesn't make any sense. It's just not a question mm. that you would ask. Eat the Māori. It just doesn't... It's a dumb question. If you walked up to the Māori Yasi Aunties, like, hey, I really want to have a corridor about this thing, you'd get a dumb look and you'd get told to pe- you know, real quick to go and peel the potatoes because it's a dumb question. That's not a wānanga, you know? If you look at the kupu toi, it means the arts, and it also means the very essence of humanity, the origin and the essence of humanity. It means the pinnacle. It means they're the interchangeable. They are the same thing. So the ask the question is a dumb question. Don't ask that question at the moment. It's a dumb idea. <laughs> so I had to look into Te Reo Pākehā, and I did. So if we look at first arts, we look at the etymology of the term arts. Actually, really interesting. Has the same tree, the same etymological tree as armor and things fitting together. Now, that communication, things fitting together, is something that man's going to have a corridor with you about soon as well. 
So things fitting together, right? And then becoming about skills and being skillful is what the etymology is there. Now, when we look at the at dictionary definitions, we see the arts as, as the human application and expression of creativity through skills and imagination, resulting in an object, environment, or experience. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those years on Fast Turnaround Television did something. So... Another definition for the arts, we see the arts and all of its creative pursuits as like a sector, yeah, all the people. But there's also all the things that we all know are part of the arts, but they're not necessarily defined, like, you know, the shirt that you're wearing that came from a pattern, art. Eli's haircut, art. <laughs> that is a brilliant, brilliant baby mullet. Um, you can look around all this room, obviously the architecture here, art. So many things that you would not necessarily expect to be art is art. Okay, so do we feel like we've got what art is? Beautiful. Okay, now we're going to, now the difficult, here's the difficult one. The really tricksy one is essential because the English language seems to not have any idea exactly what it is. Okay, so, so when you look at essential, there's the, the, the one that we, that we know, which is that it's absolutely ne- necessary and that's the most one that we know. Yeah, absolutely necessary, extremely important. But also, If you look at essential, oh, firstly, I'll give you an example of that absolutely necessary, right? Like human rights. You'd just say that's, is that absolutely necessary? Yeah? Okay, also in the human rights, in the, I think it's Article 27 of the the Declaration of of Human Rights, that that engagement with the arts is an inalienable human right. Okay, so in rounding this up, I would like to say that... In every single definition that you can find for essential, for which Eli will expand on, in every single definition that you can find for arts, they come together and are absolutely and unequivocally matched. Tēnā koutou katoa. Kia Well, that was, that was very enlightening. Thank you so much. Okay, so Mr Nikisi from Wellington lives with his dad, and is apparently a successful podcaster. I do ask them what they'd like me to say about them. This, this came from his own mouth. This is how he wants himself described to you this evening. Good evening, white people in the Green Party and artists of colour with comps. <laughs> As we say down in Wellington, uh, koto kato. <laughs> Today, the negative team has three speakers and no argument to stand on. Uh, <laughs> tried to kill us with kindness, the no down version. Oh, applaud for the artists. What would these wonderful artists have to say about the arts? Oh, how could they hate it? I'll tell you why. Because I've worked in the arts for 18 years. <laughs> Because I am an artist, as my father reminds me every day I am still in his house because of the apocalypse. And I work in the arts. I am an artist, but I work in the arts. And this debate is, are the arts essential? Is the place that I work essential? Not the stuff that I do. See, I think what's happened here is people have got a bit confused. We are talking about are the arts essential, not expression. That's just part of human nature. That's, that's, like you said, it is a stupid question. It's stupid to think that we should not have human expression. But that's not what the arts is. The arts is the industry. And the industry, it ain't essential. Are they essential? No. No, in fact, they may never have been more irrelevant. Should the arts be essential? Well, maybe we will discover the answer to that as well tonight. But are they essential? They are not. And I've brought along two very talented speakers to back me up on this. First, I have Alice Canton. Then I have Toby Manor. (laughs) Expression is human nature. The arts, as an industry only came about, and please let us have our definitions correct. I I agree with my Maori cousin here. The arts are definitely 
Western that we are debating tonight. All of the talk of like arts, you're talking about Maori, Pacifica, whole bunch of indigenous people around the world have their own set of expression, which is only put into the arts when it encounters Western culture. And some of you might be going, oh, he's playing the race card, but no, it's the evolved Pokemon of racism, the imperialism card. <laughs> and that is why the arts bureaucracy in the Western world is built on the church. Because I understand, I see, I see the older heads in here nodding, going, oh, I don't know about this, uh, this young upper star. I know. No, I get it. I get it, especially you old heads. I acknowledge the elder artists in here. You had to build it from nothing. There was nothing when you came onto the scenes of the industry, and you had to build it. And if you eat noodles and drink coffee for 15 years, of course you have to believe that what you're doing is essential. There has to be a reason you've starved yourself and have just eczema all over your body. <laughs> I get why you think it's essential. Because the system comes from the church. I grew up in the church. I understand the need for faith and how it can sustain you in difficult times. But the exact problems that you have in a church structure come into the arts. I mean, think about it. All the arts trusts... They're just fringe churches, aren't they? You got fest directors as popes, art producers as cardinals, show directors are bishops. You hold your theatres as the one true sacred space. You speak of writers as prophets. The only difference is you have less hats and more gormen. The problem is, is that we are all acting like the way that it is now works. And it doesn't. The system is the problem. When you build up a system, call it the arts, and say that all artistic expression falls within that system, then you are denying a whole bunch of artistic... Here's a hard truth for you. If you take the money away from opera and ballet, it dies. If you take it away from sasa and weaving, we'll still be doing it on Sunday. <laughs> Artistic expression is human nature. It is fundamental. It is undeniable. But the arts can burn in hell. Beautiful. That was officially your eight minutes. That was wonderful. I'd like now to, if, to turn to the essential workers over here. Um, and Madeline Chapman, would you like to take the, the podium? I know you like to hide behind your words, my dear, but now take the stage. It's all yours. I'm not actually going to argue against James's argument about the system and the arts and separating arts from the arts because uh, I know my strengths and on-the-fly debating is not one of them, so I will just go for my prepared speech. Um, but James does come from a family of Presbyterian ministers. I don't know if you could tell from the way that he preached to you <laughs> or from the way that he's dressed. <laughs> I want to thank him for actually arguing our affirmative point, which is that art is inherent in all of us and therefore an essential part of what makes us human. At the very least, art is what makes me human. When I was little, I didn't speak, like at all. I didn't walk until I was almost two, and I didn't speak until I was almost four. I've been a lazy, procrastinating artist since I was born. <laughs> but I didn't speak because I had eight older siblings and two parents, and no one was there interested in what I had to say. So I wrote things down instead. When I thought of a good burn mid-argument, but then was too slow to say it in front of all my siblings, I wrote it down later instead. And yes, that's very sad. <laughs> But it's also art, because art is expression. Art isn't solely for consumption, it's communication. Samoan men, when they feel they've earned it, may get a pe'a, the traditional tattoo. The pe'a is a work of art, because it's beautiful. It's also a statement. It communicates where this man is from and what he values. In the same way that we dress to present a certain version of ourselves, a pe'a is inked to represent a true self. 
Okay, so what I just said is like not actually that true, but the history of the pair is long and varied and isn't totally about communicating a man's self. But looking out at the audience, I don't think you would have noticed. <laughs> and that is why you guys should know that arts and arts education funding is crucial. <laughs> to quote an anonymous person from a long time ago, it is by art that man gets nearest to the angels and farthest from the animals. Art is how we connect to the past and communicate with the future. We learn from the mistakes of our past through the art that was produced during and after them. And future generations will learn the mistakes of our pandemic by watching Chris Parker felt on Instagram. <laughs> I wish I could have expressed this argument through written word because that is my strength and I'm not a stage artist. And that is why diversity in art form funding is so vital. And there's nothing the arts love more than the word diversity. <laughs> My words on paper are vibrant, exciting, burning with passion. My words out loud is this. <laughs> Look, I'll be the first to agree that not everyone's art needs to be seen. But it should still be encouraged and fostered because it is crucial to who we are as humans. The negative team might try to talk about more essential things than art. You know, food, shelter, all that stuff. Food is essential, and shelter is essential. But I could feed pasta to a hole in the ground and build a little gazebo around it, and that would not make it a real friend, as much as I would like it to be. So food and shelter keep our bodies living, but it is art that keeps us alive. Yeah, that's when you're, you're supposed to clap for that one. Yeah, thank you. Art gives us something to look forward to when we're sick of just surviving. It's how we say I love you with a shittily drawn card when we're emotionally repressed. It's how we use random TV references to make small talk with a colleague we otherwise couldn't bear. <laughs> you might think funding arts doesn't affect you personally if you are not a working artist, but it does. Every time you drunkenly say, you're not in Guatemala anymore, Dr. Opata, that's arts funding. <laughs> Every time you use Taika Waititi to try and get social media clout, that's arts funding. <laughs> and every time you say the words how or bizarre, guess what? That's arts funding as well. <laughs> when I was younger and I didn't speak, I wrote down comebacks and roasts of my siblings to express myself. Now, thanks to the arts... I get to roast them unprovoked and out of context and 20 years too late in every second article I write. <laughs> it's still very sad, but it's still art. And because I'm only at six minutes 40, oh boy, <laughs> and because I'm not just an artist, an essential artist, I'm a gracious artist, I'm not going to go over time, as everyone does, because your time is also essential, and I value that on a personal <laughs> level. Um, I'm Alice Canton, and I am a recovering artist. <laughs> so art robbed me of a life more ordinary. I thought the arts were essential. I did. Life as a freelance artist robbed me of the essentials. The arts robbed me of my 20s and my early 30s. Countless late nights in the theatre, missing milestones from family and friends because I had a gig. <laughs> Personal relationships just dissolved because someone brought this high-functioning artist to the party and then idle dinner chit-chat would soon descend into talking about concepts and relational aesthetics. I mean, come on, who does that? <laughs> I want my life back. To save others in this audience tonight with the possibility of losing 15 years of your lives to the arts too, <laughs> I'm giving you permission to change your ways today and recognise that the arts are not essential. But there are a plethora of things that are. So, here is a list of 100 things that are truly essential. <laughs> Each of these things have a measurable value and impact. 
and now more than ever require more funding, visibility and amplification. Without these things, we will undoubtedly be in a true crisis. So to divert resources, time and money from these things and into the arts is, without sounding too much like an absolutist, senseless and morally bankrupt. (laughs) Particularly when prioritising public spending and particularly when we are in a global pandemic. (laughs) If we ensure everyone had access to the list, it would, without question, improve the lives of all New Zealanders, not just the bourgeois, (laughs) contribute to personal well-being, healthier people, education and capability development, a highly skilled workforce, reflect the diversity of who we are, and grow our reputation as a resilient and prosperous nation. So here is Alice Canton's list of 100 things that are truly essential. One, toothbrushes. (laughs) Two, coffee and noodles. Three, toilet paper. Yes, toilet paper. Four, spreadsheets. Five, core strength. Six, wine. That is also the arts. Both wine and spreadsheets, also the arts. Yes. Well, perhaps there is a toxic drinking culture in the arts. That is correct. (laughs) Seven, non-stick cookware. Eight, pain relief. Nine, reading glasses. Ten, clean underwear. Eleven, snacks. Twelve, Google Maps. Yeah, try navigating anywhere without them. Yeah, essential. (laughs) 13, a complete set of Allen keys. (laughs) 14, biros. 15, breathing. 16, black lives. 17, wet weather gear. 18, peanut butter. Yeah, I'm really going to do 100. (laughs) 19, having a job that pays you at least the living wage, which is $22.10 per hour or an annual salary of 46 k When I was an artist in a former life, I didn't even make enough to pay back my student loan because I made under $19,000. 20, greyhounds. 21, <laughs> cough syrup. 22, a reliable, cost-efficient and accessible public transport system. Now that is essential. 23, human evolution. 24, knowing how to change your tie because you aren't a member of the AA because you can't afford it because you're an artist. 25, the date stamp plastic peg that keeps your Vogel's uh, bag closed to keep it fresh in the fridge. 26, democracy. 27, aeroplanes. No, I'm even going to rebuttal myself. Questionable, 27, aeroplanes. Questionable. 28, bookmarks, both virtual and real. 29, showering. 30, a spare key for when you lock yourself out of the house during lockdown. 31, accepting that Māori have the right to organise themselves, protect their way of life and control the resources they own. 32, pot plants. Thank you. 33, capital gains tax. 34, deep fried potatoes. 35, the ability to mute someone in a Zoom call. 36, the ability to mute someone in real life. 37, photosynthesis. 38, Phil Twyford apologising for the whole Chinese sounding last name thing. I'm waiting. 39, boats. 40, boats that go fast. 41, boats that go fast and win cups. 42, toilet paper. It's honestly, it's really important, so I put it in there a second time. 43, scratching an itchy bite. 44, reducing the yawning divide in New Zealand's between the rich and the poor. Okay, 45, water, preferably drinkable, swimmable, and not full of shit. 
46, lids that stop vivids from drying out. These are all essential things. 47, beds. 48, that protective plastic sheet on the screen of a new phone. 49, a more progressive tax system that redistributes wealth. 50, paid parental leave. 51, high-speed internet. 52, protecting our oceans from overfishing, sediment pollution, and seabed mining. Yes, 53, buttons. <laughs> 54, the regulation of the financial market to stop banks from fucking over vulnerable customers. Okay, here we go. 55, spiders. 56, 100% renewable electricity by 2030. 57, bath mats. 58, complimentary mints at restaurants. 59, clean, dry and safe housing for all. Uh, 60 phone charges, 61, a new model for our criminal justice system, 62, cup holders and cars, 63, worms, 64, bees, 65, universal coverage and publicly funded access to healthcare. Okay, I'll <laughs> skip ahead. 94, banning gay conversion therapy, 95, voting rights for prisoners, 96, women being able to walk home at night without men raping them, 97, men not raping women when they're walking home, 98, increase the refugee quota, 99, supporting communities to tackle white supremacy, not the agencies that fail to support and protect us, and 100, horoscopes. Thank you. That was highly entertaining, highly entertaining. Uh, the boy with the mullet. Here we go. Eli, it's for you. Kia ora koutou. Good evening. It's an honour to be here arguing for a cause 100% of the audience already supports. Uh, <laughs> so amazing to have a rust argument about something we're all on the same page of. James, he's a gorgeous man. We actually met in 2012 at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and he was doing a puppet version of Pulp Fiction. And look, just because that work was not essential... And also amazing for Alice to argue the arts are essential while doing so much acting. I feel like that was a real performance. We got whispers, we got highs, we got lows. Uh, she listed the essential things and she put toilet paper on the list of essential things when buying toilet paper has essentially post-pandemic become a performative act, I think. <laughs> now, a lot has been made about what was essential work during the pandemic, and that's what I call it. Uh, <laughs> to take away its power. Our frontline workers were out there doing their best, out there risking their lives. And how did we show our appreciation to our frontline workers? We did a beautiful thing. They did it all around the world. Out your windows, out your front doors. Give them a round of applause. We didn't pay them what they deserve, but we gave them a lovely clap. Uh, <laughs> and applause in itself is an act that's recognised in all cultures throughout the world. And even though there's some places where it differs, like, for instance, in Russia and Norway, they like to clap synchronised, whereas over here, we do it randomly. That's just a fact. It's just a bit of social studies. Social studies is an art, and art is essential. Uh, <laughs> applause has been around since the 6th century BC, when the ancient Greeks made it, like, customary as theatre. The reason was because it would take too long to go round and individually say your thanks, right? So it's a, a time-saving exercise. It's a beautiful thing. In France, they call it the cluck. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, C-L-A-Q-U-E. And in the 18th century, it was so important that they would pay a section of the audience to start the applause, which is what I presume the negative team did tonight. Uh, <laughs> It is something humankind has created succinctly for us to say thanks for a performance. And it is also something that separates us from primates. Because primates have a lot of the same physical behaviours that we do, uh, but they don't have applause because they don't have art. Whereas we, in humankind, in all societies around the world, we have art. Uh, my point, if it's not already crystal clear, is that we trained ourselves to perform this act of showing appreciation through watching and consuming art. And when the pandemic hit, and I will call it that whether you support it or not, we... <laughs> showed our appreciation to those in the thick of it by applauding them. Uh, we couldn't show our appreciation monetarily given we are all bound into a capitalist society where we kind of fed further money into the already wealthy during the pandemic. Awesome stuff. <laughs> Instead, we showed our appreciation with applause. All around the world, people did it. Clapping for essential workers and an act that became one of the enduring images of our generation and in itself kind of became art. Not only is art essential, we, we can't stop creating even if we try. Now, one more tidbit on applause, a bit of history, and history is an art, and art is essential. Um, <laughs> some historians and philosophers, they believe that applause actually started a way, as a way of showing that you, were, that you were aroused. Also, that leads me into my second point, which is that the arts are essential for procreation. Bear with me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that the arts directly make us horny, even though they often do. Uh, what I'm saying is it's impossible 
it's impossible to have a good first date without some art involved, right? Without consuming a piece of art together. Let's be real, if you you don't have a play to watch or a film to see or some live music or even just a painting hanging in the wall of the restaurant, what are you going to talk about? You can't talk about yourself for a whole date. No one is that interesting. Not a single person. And if you spend a whole date just talking about yourself, that actually wasn't a date. That was therapy. Uh, (laughs) My point here if it's not crystal clear already, is that without art, we would not have successful dates. Without successful dates, we wouldn't have people falling in love. Without people falling in love, we might might not have any children, and therefore, the arts are essential to the survival of the human race. Which brings me to my third and most beautiful point. (laughs) If you don't think the arts are essential, you are homophobic. Now... (laughs) I'm sorry to play the trump card, but we're not... (laughs) When I think of the moments that formed me as an out and proud gay, I think of watching Meryl Streep performing I See Me, the opening number of Death Becomes Her, which we can all agree is a perfect film. (sighs) I think of me, age six, performing in Southern Ballet's production of The Elves and the Shoemaker, playing the role of a marching boy because I was desperate to be in the ballet, but too uncoordinated to do dancing. (laughs) And I think of Jake Gyllenhaal's whole career and every photo shoot he's ever done. You know, these... (laughs) are three equally important pieces of art, all integral to me forming my identity. Just as art is integral to having us procreate, it makes first dates happen, which makes babies. It's also fundamental in creating homosexuals, which actually help curb overpopulation. Uh, (laughs) And I will finish with the great words of an ancient playwright whose name I did not write down. Uh, (laughs) He said, Valet de plaudet. Which, that's Latin for goodbye and applause. Thank you. Oh, that was deeply enlightening. Thank you so much. Applause, yes. And now that, as I warned you, this would happen, Mr. Manhire, that the the whole thing now rests on your shoulders. Come Come and finish it off, please, dear. Right. Try and be funny, though, and witty. Smart. Let's cut to the chase, shall we? Right. This whole arts is essential thing is basically an attempt to get to the front of the vaccine queue. (laughs) This, what my friends here have been been saying is move out of the way, superannuitant. Frontline health workers, move aside. We're coming through and we are the arts. (laughs) And don't worry, we've got a lot of familiarity with jabbing ourselves with drugs when we think we might have a difficult year ahead of us. Look, when we we sit together today as we can at Alert Level 1 and cast our minds back over an extraordinary year, we know what essential means, don't we? It was written for us in yellow and white stripes. My friends here, who are uh, representative of big arts, they would have you believe that through COVID lockdown alert level four, they should have been free to do whatever they pleased. If they had it this way, this is how the list would have read of essential services. It would have gone, the hospitals, the supermarkets, the emergency services, and the Royal New Zealand Ballet, presenting a Paquita, an 1846 French ballet in two acts and three scenes choreographed by Rod Joseph Mazzilia to music by Edouard Delvedes and Ludwig Minkus. <laughs> they would have, if they could have, if they could have had it their way, at all of those checkpoints, they would have had mimes. <laughs> like in full PPE, you know. And then people would have understood the importance of the pandemic that was raging around the world. (laughs) In the utopia of these uh, arts essentialists, the Director General of the Ministry of Culture and Heritage would enter stage left at 1pm every day to say kia ora koutou katoa. We can report today that there is one new case of a performance poet in the community. (laughs) There are three new cases 
of performance poetry and managed isolation and quarantine, which brings our total cases of performance poetry to 71, which is the number we report to the World's Hearts Organisation. <laughs> there were, there, there were, we can report today there were a total number of 3,526 funding applications processed at our Creative New Zealand Labs overnight. <laughs> and four of those were returned positive. <laughs> But no one can be sure why. <laughs> it's a tricky virus. <laughs> Anyone who has uh, shown any signs of performance poetry should call Healthline immediately. <laughs> Let's talk about the, the, the affirmative team. We had Amber, who had the temerity to bring us facts. <laughs> she told us that she defined the arts as clothing and hair, I think, if I wrote that down correctly, which is pretty cool. Makes it quite difficult to rebut, but I've seen people run across sports fields with no clothing and no hair. So how about that? Go the sports. Madeline Chapman presented the argument, if I had this right, she presented the argument that the arts were essential because they made her a very effective fabulist and liar. Madeline Chapman has written a book about a basketballer who I think said like three or four words to her and then she wrote it all in his name <laughs> she wrote another book she wrote another book about a very kind Prime Minister called Jacinda Ardern haven't seen her write yet a book about an artist which tells you something about how essential she really believes that to be by the way Jacinda Ardern was the Minister for Arts for culture, heritage, whatever they call it. In her first term of running the country, but then some important shit happened. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you take that. And gave it to, nobody knows who, got it now. But let's, you know, that tells you something about how essential the arts are. Eli was good. Eli's argument... <laughs> Eli's argument was that because... During COVID-19, a lot of people stood outside and applauded actual essential workers, <laughs> doctors, supermarket workers, emergency service workers. The credit for that was the artists, <laughs> which is kind of amazing. The co-papa for this debate, as presented in some paperwork to us, was that <laughs> uh, we need to develop a stronger arts and culture ecosystem in Tamaki Makaurau, ecosystem. You've got to stop stealing scientists' words, you know? <laughs> They're not your words. Leave it alone. If, if these people had their own way, they'd have, you know, Susie Wiles and Colin Tukuyetonga and Michael Baker doing abstract expressionist watercolours. <laughs> and that would not have been good. Um, my son, my 11-year-old son, I told him last night we were talking about football which is essential. And he, I said to him that I was out tomorrow night. This is true. I said I was out tomorrow night. I said I was doing a debate. And uh, he said, what was the debate about? And I said, I'm debating that the arts are not essential. And he laughed. <laughs> and I thought he was laughing because I was going to go and make that argument with my good friends here for um, an arts trust at an arts festival to an audience that is full of people, all of whom have bachelors of arts. <laughs> But he wasn't, he wasn't, that wasn't why he was laughing. He was laughing, and he said this, and this is true. He said, that's really funny, because your dad was a poet. <laughs> so I had to explain to him that my father is still alive. <laughs> but my point is this. Creativity, imagination, invention, all of that is intrinsic to our lives. It's ineffable and ubiquitous and transcendent. It's true. But, so if someone comes towards you and says to you, I love music, or I love theatre, or Tony Hecker was amazing in The Crown, <laughs> that's great. Like, that person is someone you might want to have a fantastic quartet with. But if someone comes towards you and tells you what they're passionate about is the arts, then run. <laughs> run as far and as fast as you can. Because the arts as James and Ellis so compellingly argued. <laughs> it's not essential.
It's perfect. Well, we seem to have reached that sort of halfway point. Now we do the rebuttals, is that right? Fabulous. Rebuttals. Good. So, that would be you, I think. Um, okay. you, you do it, Mr Nikisi, please. Uh, right. Well, I like to think that the affirmative team uh, have absolutely not paid attention to us because they've come up here and done exactly what I said that they would do, which is to say that's artistic. Oh, look, look what you'd lose if you didn't have the arts. And they've talked about heaps of expressive stuff, things that, things that you can do. Oh, you wouldn't have paint. Oh, you wouldn't have that. It's, it's, but what we said was the arts, and we stuck to that. We said it's the industry, and I think that we've made a compelling case about that. Now, when you come to the affirmative team, Amber brought facts to an arts debate. Who brings facts to an arts debate, mate? I thought you were about emotion. I'm like, oh, here's the statistics from Finland. Who are you, the Labour Party? Chill out, mate. That's it. You were so excited for Checkpoint Minds. I don't know if you could see her, but as soon as che Toby mentioned Checkpoint Minds, she was like, oh my God, that'd be amazing. No, there is no situation that ever calls for mime. No at all, all right? If you're sitting there going, oh, I'm making mime. No, a clown could do it, but never get a clown because they're spooky as hell, all right? Stephen King wasn't writing about like, oh, what's the scary stand-up comic killing? No, it was the clown because clowns are terrifying and mimes are somehow worse. Now, Mads... Uh, made an interesting point about pasta in the ground cannot be a friend, which proves that she has siblings. Because when you're a mixed-race kid in the 80s uh, in New Zealand and you're into artistic expression, pasta in the ground doesn't beat you up. Toby was so captivating that mm. Tanya did not ring her bell no. at all. Although I will point out, he wasn't sure who the Minister of Arts is, and I just want to acknowledge uh, Kamal Sipuliani. Um, not because she has anything to do with the arts, uh, she's my auntie. And uh, uh, shout out to South Auckland, uh, mm -hmm. represent. Uh, we couldn't do this debate, uh, of course, in South Auckland because it would descend into a poetry slam. Um, but Eli mentioned applause, and I think you've got it wrong. We have applause not because we are uh, elevated beyond primates, we have applause because in, it's ego, it's dopamine. We have applause and we like applause because of ego. And ego is really good for an artist. Ego is our sword and our shield in, in a tumultuous life. But it's ego that also doesn't let us engage with the fact that the system is broken. The arts are broken. And if you believe that the arts are essential still, if you believe the system is the best vehicle between amateur and professional expression, save it because no one else will. You're it. You guys in this room, you're it. There's no special fuel from the government that can fix the holes in a broken engine. The car might go a bit further, but it will die. And the arts are going to die. And it will die a natural death. And you may not even see it coming till the online videos of rehearsals are generating more revenue than the final performance. And the world audience disconnects you completely from live interaction. And if any of you precious people whose egos we may have punctured, if you see that the process, as a, as a natural conclusion that market forces irreversibly shifting audiences online because economics decide what is conceivable within the arts, then you have no business deciding the future of live entertainment. To quote the great Australian comedian Laura Davis, if you want an arts degree, all you have to do is say you have an arts degree. Mm -hmm. And the captain of the affirmative team. Oh, well, look, I mean, I've had a great time. You know, I've had a really good time sitting here. I've been giggling my butt off. This has been great fun. I really, really enjoyed how this team have thoroughly backed up all of our arguments. Just like I thought that, just like we knew that they would. It's just been amazing, you know. Um, look, James, it's great how you came out and then, you know, attacked the church and made sure that you would never work in this industry or get funded by Creative New Zealand ever again. That was awesome. It's so you fun that you, you think stand-up comics are funded by Creative New Zealand. <laughs> 
and that all of the you know the industries that do employ you and the you know the the, the, the industry that does employ you will never be employing you again. Congratulations, you've done a great job on that. Ngamahi nui kia koe, Alice. Thank you. You kindly gave us a list of 100 essential things. Account, uh, you know, un- unfortunately, um, counting and time management weren't included in those. <laughs> uh, but arguing against the arts by doing that kind of poem was just. I mean, it touched me, you know? It was beautiful. Thank you for that expression. Uh, Toby, I actually don't... I'm not quite sure exactly what, you know, you're, you were really thrusting towards there, but you did... What you did do, I mean, deserves congratulations because, you know, despite having the least screen time among the people on the stage, you actually gave the most dramatic performance of the night. You know, alongside the terrible arguments, there were these amazing impressions of Ashley Blomfield. I mean, that was fantastic. Let's give some of that applause, shall we? Wonderful. Now, my team over here, I need to send my congratulations to my team. I'm not sure if that's normally done in debating, but, you know, we had some amazing personal stories here from Mad. And also, thank you very much um, for all of this insightful, these different ways that we're thinking about what essential is and the different ways that we're thinking about what the arts are. I actually agree with you, James. I think that we need to expand and we need to support what the arts what the arts are. And if that means removing barriers, whether they're funding, whether they are antiquated organisations that suck up funding and stop other things from happening and stop people from being able to have proper livelihoods in the arts, Arts, then we need to do this. It doesn't mean that the arts as a sector, the people, the hard-working, incredible people that got you all into this room tonight, all of the, the, the many people that have brought us together that hold this beating heart of this industry are absolutely essential. And freeing us from the restraints that we have, like you've said, James, is also essential to the arts. The arts is a sector, the arts is our own expression, all essential. Have I missed anything else? So can I please have your best artistically derived, as we found out, round of applause for all of the artists that are on the stage behind me. We've reached that time of the evening where we, as an audience, where we, as an audience, have to decide who the winners of the debate was, was, were, is. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to do. I think. Oh, let's do applause because that it sounds as though that's the way we go these days, isn't it? That's very artistic. So if you uh, if you think that actually the winning team is the negative to the to the point that the arts are essential, you are going for the negative team, please applause now. That was very fair-minded of you all. Now, for those of you who thought that the affirmative team did the better job, where, of course, the arts are essential, if you agree with the affirmative team, please, now is the time to push your buzzer. And... Well, that's quite a hard decision to make, really, at the end, isn't it? I feel we have more claps, but they had louder cheers. That's right. Well, on that point, then, I'm I'm going to declare the affirmative team the winners. Would you like to come up and get your trophies, please? (laughs) 